So we are starting a brand new series today called Habits. Um, it's New Year's and um, I, most people have New Year's resolutions when it comes to the new year, right? That's a normal thing people do. I have never been a person that uh, has done New Year's resolutions. The reason why, um, I would always, when people would say, hey, what's your New Year's resolution? I would be like, nah, I, don't, I don't do that. I'll try to act like I'm above New Year's resolutions. Uh, I would act tough about it. I was too cool for it. That's why I try to act like. But the real reason why I never did New Year's resolution is because um, I never kept them. So I would in the past. I would say, here's my plan for the year. And then a month later, if that, um, I would not keep them. So I didn't like making them anymore because I knew it was bound to fail if I did it. So here's what I learned about myself over the years. Um, I really want people to think that I'm a certain type of person, even when I'm not. So here's what I mean by that. Um, I want people to think that I'm disciplined, even when I'm not disciplined. I want people to think that I'm always learning and I'm educated, even when I'm not learning. I want people to think that I'm healthy, even when I'm not healthy. I want people to think that I'm spiritual, even when I'm not spiritual. So it isn't that I, I didn't want to be those things. I would try to be those things. Um, and in fact, I would think at times that I was those things when there was nothing to measure it. So um, yeah, I'm disciplined when there's nothing showing that I'm not disciplined. Sure, I'm disciplined. Um, I'm, I'm always learning when there's nothing saying I'm not. I'm spiritual when there's nothing there's nothing proving that I'm not spiritual. I'm healthy when I'm not thinking about what I'm eating or how much I'm exercising. And then, then, of course, I'm healthy. But once I made a decision on something to start doing or something to stop doing, once I made a new resolution and said, okay, here's what I'm going to do to make sure that I am disciplined or I am healthy or I am spiritual. Whenever I did that, once I didn't do that anymore or I stopped doing the habit I was trying to do, then I was like, oh, there's proof that I'm not disciplined or I'm not what I want to be. So for me, I say, you know what? I'm done making your resolutions. I'm not doing it anymore. I'm, I'm just, because I don't want to accept who I really am is why I really did it. But then years ago, something happened uh, to me that kind of changed my approach when it came to habits, starting new habits, stopping new habits, or new resolutions. And that was a drink called Mountain Dew. So uh, if you knew me six, seven years ago, I would drink a Mountain Dew basically every day. The reason why I would drink Mountain Dew every day is because it's delicious. That's why I would drink it, because it tastes so good. Um, so every day I would drink a Mountain Dew or some kind of soda, at least one if not more, throughout the day. And then one day I, I looked at myself in the mirror without a shirt and I went, ooh, that doesn't look good. Because what, I learned this quick, once you turn 30, like this gut thing just is there forever, right? So I saw that and I went, oh, I need to stop drinking so much soda. For some reason that day wasn't January 1st. It was just a random day. I was like, all right, I'm going to stop drinking soda. I'm going to stop drinking for two weeks. So for two weeks, I stopped drinking soda and I actually did. Not a, just water and seltzer water and coffee is all I drank. So then after two weeks, like, well, maybe I can go a month. So then I went a month. And then after a month, I was like, maybe I'll go two months. I went two months. Then at that point, I started to get competitive with myself. I'm a competitive guy. So I was like, let's see how long I can go without drinking a soda. And that was four years ago. I haven't drank a soda in four years. If you knew me before that, I drank a soda every single day. And here's why I tell you that, not to like impress anybody because a lot of you are a lot healthier than me. Here's why I tell you that. And if you had you have notes you want to take, this is, if we were at church, you would see this on the screen after, behind me. So if you want to take these notes, you can do that. Here's what I realized from my Mountain Dew experience. Small tasks done consistently creates habits. 
small tasks, when you do them consistently every day, all of a sudden that creates a habit. So not drinking soda one day turned to two days, two days turned to a week, a week turned to two weeks, two weeks turned to a month, to two months, to a year. And now four years later, and I don't even think about soda, I, I have no appetite or craving for soda at all at this point. Small tasks done consistently creates habits. I believe that all of us watching online or watching this playback have goals or habits or things that we want to improve. Maybe you don't have a New Year's resolution. A lot of us do. But you still have a habit you want to do or, or something, some kind of goal that you have. For you, it might be you want to be a better spouse this year. Maybe you want to be uh, more spiritual this year. Maybe you want to be healthier. Maybe you want to be a better parent. Uh, maybe you want to read more, be, be uh, on your phone less, save more money this year, whatever it is. A lot of us have goals and habits that we want to do. Most of us want um, to find ways to improve our lives. In fact, I, I believe that if we don't try to make better habits and try to improve who we are, it's actually prideful and sinful. Because unless we are a spitting image of Jesus, then we have things to do, right? We are, we are not where we need to be. So that means that we are still in the process of looking more like Christ, the process of holiness. So if we all have goals and we all have habits we want to create, New Year's resolutions, we all have these things we want to do, how come most of us don't succeed? How come, according to the Barna Group, which I looked up this week, 92% of New Year's resolutions that are made are do not that people do not follow through with them by the end of the year, 92%. How come we all want to get better, but very few of us actually establish habits? Many of us um, might feel like Paul. Here's what Paul says in Romans chapter 7. It says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But, I, but what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As, is, as it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Maybe for you it's like, I want to stop eating junk food. I want to stop being lazy. I want to stop being on my phone so much. I want to stop spending so much money at Target. I want to do that. That's what I want to do. I simply can't stop doing it. Maybe that's how some of us feel. So throughout this entire series, this whole month of January, we want to help you with your habits. We want to help you create better habits. For this series, uh, we're going to be looking at two things. So if you want to catch, you want to like skip ahead um, and, and spoil some of the sermon, there's two things you can look at. One, um, I read a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear uh, last year, and it really helped me to develop some other habits I wanted to do last year, and um, I've re I'm reading it again getting ready for this series. So if you want to catch up, a lot of things we're going to talk about is from that book, Atomic Habits, which is a great book. Uh, we're also going to be using uh, a series by Craig Rochelle from Life Church, uh, one of my favorite pastors. He, he, his church created the YouVersion Bible app. Uh, we'll be using a lot of things that they did, and we're going to be using it in our context. So if you want to catch up, this, that's what we're going to be using, Atomic Habits and Craig Rochelle's series on habits. And what our goal for this entire series is, it's to help you create godly habits. Developing godly habits will produce godly character. When you develop those godly habits, it will start to produce a godly character in you. The more godly habits that you cultivate, the more you will move into holiness. And when I say godly habits, I'm not just talking about spiritual disciplines like praying or, or, or reading your Bible. 
or tithing or, or going to church consistently. Those are things that we should be doing. And those are some habits that maybe you're trying to do. But I'm talking about any habit that makes us a better person. That is a godly habit. Godly habits are any disciplines that glorify God. Being the healthiest version of yourself, being the healthiest version of you, is a good steward of what God has given you. Finding habits that connect with who God designed you to be, so you can be emotionally healthy for your kids or for your spouse, that, that is a godly habit that we should be working on. So developing godly habits will produce godly character. As followers of Jesus, we should be the hardest working, most disciplined people around because we understand that we honor God with every aspect of our life. If we want to look more like Jesus, we can't just hope for the best. We can't just hear what to do and then not apply it. We actually need to be intentional about achieving godly habits. So whatever those habits that you're thinking of, that I, when I start talking about habits, the, the things that you want to do, the things, the ways you want to get better this year, the, the, the disciplines you want to create, those godly habits, whatever those are, what can we do this New Year's, January 2nd, 2022, to start to establish godly habits that we can actually keep? How do we do that? Well, first, let, let's look at some reasons why we don't succeed. So number one, one reason why a lot of us do not succeed when it comes to new godly habits, number one, we look at what over how. What over how? I was going to ask this question to all of you, and you guys were all going to raise your hand. So um, you can just do it, I guess, on your couch, while you're folding the laundry, whatever you're doing. Um, how many of you would like to get healthier this year? Most likely, most of us, right? I, I would like to be healthier this year. How many of us would like to change what our mind consumes? As in, you would like to maybe read more, or be on your phone less, or or watch TV less, or whatever it is. I would say most of us probably want to do that. How many of, you, of us would like to budget appropriately this year? So maybe you want to pay off a major debt, or a student debt, or a credit card debt. Maybe you want to save more this year. Maybe you want to give more this year. Maybe you want to save for retirement a little more, so you want to budget a little better this year. Probably a lot of us. And if you're here and you would say you're a follower of Jesus, you're watching this um, online, how many of you would like to grow closer to God this year? say almost all of us so most of us have the same goals i gave four goals and most likely if you're watching those are some of your goals that you would yeah sure i'd like to do all that most of us have the same goals we have different starting points we have different ways that we operate but we have similar goals if we have the same goals and why do some of us accomplish those goals and some of us aren't even close to accomplishing them because we focus on the what rather than the how because we focus on the goal rather than the action. For example, um, every sports team has the same goal, to win the championship. No one goes in thinking, ah, I, this year I hope that all of our players get hurt. Everyone goes on IR. We get swept by the Bengals. We might make the playoffs, but even if we do, we're not going to do anything. No one thinks that way, which is what my Ravens are doing this year. Everyone goes in going, we want to win the championship. That is the goal. But only one team's going to do it, and only a handful of teams are even going to be have a chance to do it. So we all have the same goals, but not all of us make it. Every marriage starts with the same goal. Have a marriage that lasts a lifetime. I've never done premarital counseling with anybody. They say, you know what? I think five years is good. If we make it to the five-year mark, then we're, we're set. We're good to go. No, every marriage has the same goal, to last a lifetime. We have 50% of them don't make it. So the goal can't be what we're looking at. It can't be the what. If we all have the same goals, how do so many of us miss those goals? What James Clear explains in Atomic Habits is that your goals don't determine your success. 
It's your systems. Here's what he said. I'll read a quote from his book. If successful and unsuccessful people share the same goals, then the goal cannot be what differentiates the winners from the losers. You don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. We have to stop focusing on the what. We have to stop focusing on just the goal. Instead, we focus on the how, on the systems that will create the results that we want. Number one, we don't focus on the what, focus on the how. Number two, what's another reason that a lot of us fail when it comes to these habits? We get impatient with progress. Impatient with progress. Last year, um, I decided a couple of, of habits I wanted to start beginning of the year. Um, one of them, I was going to go to the gym three or four times a week. Um, I wanted to make sure I was healthy and didn't um, love what how much I weighed at the time. So I wanted to go to the gym three or four times a week. Um, I was going to stop eating late um, after 9 o'clock. I would eat chips and salsa because for some reason, right at 9 o'clock, whatever I eat tastes 10 times better. I don't know why. So, you know, I'm going to stop eating late as much as I am. Um, I was going to eat healthier. I was eating a lot of, like, fast food and that kind of stuff. I was going to eat, start eating healthier. And the first week, I did all of it. I went to the gym four times that week. I didn't eat after 9 o'clock one time, and I ate pretty healthy that week. But at the end of that week, so I'm going to get on the scale. I can't wait to see the results to all my hard work. And when I stepped on the scale, I gained a pound. It's like, what the heck? Like, how, how did I gain a pound from all this work that I did? And most likely, you've been there before. So what tends to happen is because we get impatient with progress, we start to think that the small decision that we are making doesn't really matter that much. And it's both sides. Our small good decisions didn't really matter. I worked out all week. I gained weight. I read my Bible all week. I still don't feel any closer to God. I did the dishes all week for my spouse. My marriage still isn't very good. So we think our small, our small good decisions don't really matter. Then we also think our small bad decisions don't really matter. Yeah, I ate an entire bag of chips after 9 o'clock, but I still look the same. You know, I skipped church one, one Sunday. Didn't seem to really matter. I watched football all day one Sunday, and my family didn't leave me. So we start to think that our small decisions, good or bad, do, they don't really matter in the long run. But here's what we miss. Here's what, how Craig Rochelle says it. Our life is the sum total of all the small decisions that we make. Who you are today is a result of every small decision you make along the way. They all matter, and they all add up over time. No one completely destroys their life because of one decision. It is, it is one small decision that leads them down a path that eventually can get to a point where they make one major decision that hurts their life. I have seen many marriages that have ended because of infidelity. But it wasn't just one decision. They didn't wake up one day and go, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat today. No, it's one small decision that led them down a path to get them to a point when, when that opportunity came, they fell to the temptation. No one completely does that. They don't destroy their life because of one big decision. It's small decisions that lead them down that path. There's also no such thing as an overnight success. To everyone else, it seems like an overnight success, but only you see the hard work you put in the disciplines, the, the long nights, the, the habits you created to get you to a point where it seems like you're an overnight success. Your good and your bad decisions, they're all being stored up. They are forming you, each one of them. Don't believe the lie that your one small good decision or your one small bad decision doesn't really matter because it does. It matters. It's a culmination of one good decision versus one bad decision. This was never more apparent to me than 
at, than during the pandemic. Um, many of the people that are coming to Impact now are fairly new. Um, a lot of people that are coming now, or maybe you that are watching online, started coming either while we're live streaming or after afterwards. Um, before the pandemic, uh, we had a congregation that was smaller than, than what it is currently. And after the pandemic, when people started coming back, and we're at a point where basically everyone's come back at, at some point, only 60% of the people that were part of Impact Church prior to the pandemic came back. Only 60%. So that's 40% of people that, that did not come back. And here's what I found. We're a small church, so it's easy for me to know those numbers. It's not hard for me to do that. Here's what I found. Almost all the people that came back, the 60% of people that came back um, once we reopened church, they either consistently watched online every Sunday, even though we weren't meeting, they were consistently watching. We never stopped doing church. Or two, they came back the second that we reopened. One of the two happened. They either consistently watched and still made sure they had that discipline of watching church on Sunday morning, or they came back as soon as we opened. The 40% of people that did not come back, the 20%, 90% of those don't go to church anywhere now. They didn't go to a different church. They just stopped going. And here's what happens. You miss one week, and it's like, ah, it's just one week. Then all of a sudden you miss two or three weeks. You're like, oh, it's kind of nice sleeping in on a Sunday. Brunch is awesome. Then all of a sudden those couple weeks turn into a month. And then it becomes a year. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, I don't have the habit of going. So why would I start doing that now? That's what starts to happen. Missing once, it's a mistake, right? If you miss whatever that habit is you're trying to do, it's a mistake. It happens. It happens to all of us. But when it's two, three, or four times, whatever that habit is that you are trying to establish, then all of a sudden you are forming a habit. You are forming a habit. And once that habit is fully formed, good habit or bad habit, it's hard to break. Here's the mindset that I've written in my office. And if this, I would encourage you to write this in your office or, or in your bedroom or somewhere, you're going to see it a lot. I have this written on my, um, on my uh, a dry erase board near my office. It says, don't break the chain. Don't make it two. Don't break the chain. Don't make it two. Don't get impatient. You aren't successful when you finally lost that weight when you finally save the money, when you finally finish that book, you are successful whenever you accomplish it. That, that task, that habit, that thing you're trying to do, each day you are successful every time you do it. So my mindset is I'm not going to break the chain. If I'm trying to go to the gym three times a week, I'm going to go to the gym three times a week each week, and I'm going to stack those consistently. If I break the chain, I'm not going to make it two. I'm not going to miss it twice. I'm not going to miss it two weeks in a row. I might miss it one week, but I'm not going to miss it two. Don't break the chain. Don't make it two. Be patient. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So number two, why do a lot of us not make our habits? We get impatient with progress. And the number three, the last one, we identify, with, uh, number three, identity sabotages success. Why do a lot of us not make that habit? Because our identity sabotages our success. The enemy loves to use your failures to try to convince you to identify with it. They're saying you, you failed because you're a failure. You did that bad thing because you're a bad person. Throughout scripture, we see people's failures constantly identifying themselves until they meet God. We see Moses said, I, I can't be the guy because I'm not good at public speaking. We saw Gideon, who was so nervous that he considered himself the weakest. But see, Paul says it over and over that I am the least and the most unworthy. And we do the same thing. I'm not athletic, so I can't start working out. I'm not disciplined. 
I'm ne I've never been good with money. I have trouble saying no. I'm not a spiritual person. So we rob ourselves from the godly character we desire because we make an excuse that we are not the people who can consistently do godly habits. It's a chicken or egg situation. Here's how it works. Our unhealthy identity creates unhealthy habits. Our unhealthy habits reinforces our unhealthy identity. We say we aren't healthy people, so we eat crap and we never work out. And because we do that, we're not healthy people. We say we aren't readers and we have no time to read a book. So we play all day on our phones and we scroll through Instagram. And because we don't have time to read books, so we don't read. We, we don't see ourselves as godly, so we don't think we're godly. We don't do godly habits, which reinforces the fact that we don't think we're godly. That, that's what all of us do. We want to develop godly habits that will produce godly character. So instead of starting with that what goal like we talked about, why don't we look at who we want to be? Here's how Paul says in Romans chapter 6. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Now you are free from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living. You know who you are in Christ? You're forgiven. You're redeemed. You're saved. You're a child of God. So who do you want to be? Not what do you want to do. Who do you want to be? Instead of saying, you know what? My goal is to lose 20 pounds. That's the what. Say, you know what? I'm going to be a healthy person. That's who I am. Instead of having a goal of saving $10,000, that's a what. You decide, I'm going to be financially stable. That's a who. That's who you are. Instead of having a goal to read the entire Bible in a year, that's a what. You decide, I'm going to be a true man or woman of God. That's who you are. Your identity, who you are, it shapes your actions. When you know who you are, you know what to do. So who do you want to be? James Clear gave a, a great uh, illustration of this. Um, if you are a person that's trying to stop smoking, it's a lot of times someone will offer you a cigarette or something else, and, and you go, no, 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 I'm, I'm trying to quit. And that's a bad way to respond because you're still identifying as a smoker. I'm a smoker who's trying not to smoke. Instead, if you say, no, no, I don't smoke. That's not who I am. I'm not a smoker anymore. That's not who I am. Even though you're trying to create that habit, when you identify with it, the who, then you understand what you have to do in order to accomplish that identity. So my closing question, and I'll let you guys have your Sunday. Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? When I first um, heard this series on habits by Craig Rochelle, he, he ended with this question. And after that question, I, I wrote down in, in a journal who I wanted to be. That when I grow up to be 99 like Betty White was, and I look back on my life, who, when I look back, who is the person that, I, that I'm hoping I, I was throughout that time? Who do I want to be? When other people look at my life, who, who do I want them to, to say I was? Who do I want to be? So years ago, I wrote down in a journal all these things that I wanted to be. And I added some getting ready for today. And so I'm just going to read to you exactly what I wrote for myself. Here's who I want to be. I want to be a guy who passionately desires to be more like Jesus and to live out his mission. I want to be an amazing husband who puts my wife first in everything. I want to be a loving, 
and supportive father who teaches his kids about the love of God through the way that he loves them. I want to be an amazing pop-up one day, long time from now. I want to be an amazing pop-up who spoils his grandkids. I want to be a good friend to many people, to always be there for people when they need me. I want to be a leader that never made it about himself. Through understanding how God wired myself and wired him and his gifts and using those gifts to lead people closer to God. I want to be financially stable. I want to be generous. I want to set up my family for success. I want to give back to God through my church. And I want to be able to bless anyone who has a need. I want to be someone who enjoys life. That's full of joy. That's fun to be around. I want to be someone who is disciplined. Who takes care of his mind and his body. Not so he can impress anyone. But so he can be the healthiest version of himself. So that I can give the healthiest version of myself back to those around me. That's who I want to be. So I'm going to ask you again, who do you want to be? When you know who you are, you know what to do. When you know who you want to be, you know what needs to be done. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Um, some point today um, at church day, I was going to give you a paper to do this. Uh, but I want you to write down somewhere. If you have a journal, if you have a book that you save a lot, or maybe on your phone. I want you to write down all the things that you want to be. Who is it that you want to be? Write everything down. After you're done writing all those things down, the who's that you want to be, ask yourself, okay, how am I going to accomplish these who's? Maybe you want to be a great spouse, a great parent, a, a closer follower of Jesus. Whatever it is, write those down. Identify with those things. Then ask God, God, what are the habits I need to form in order to be the person that you want me to be and I want to be? That's how we form godly habits. We, form, we develop godly habits because when we do that, it creates godly character in us. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for um, an opportunity to still connect as, as a church, even when we can't be in person. God, thank you for um, being a God who loves us and has a plan for us. So God, I pray that you help us in this new year to start new, start fresh to create the habits you want us to create so that we can be the person that you want us to be. To create those godly habits so that we can start to develop our godly character as we grow closer to you to try to look more like you. Thank you for being a God who always has a plan for us, who always has uh, a path for us, that always wants what's best for us. Help us to, play, to live out those habits that you want us to live out. In your son's name, amen. Well, amen, everybody. I hope to see you guys all next week. We are planning to do it in person. If anything changes, we will let you know. Um, but thank you for joining us online today. Hope you guys have a great week and Happy New Year.